morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, April 26th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Today's episode is a previous recording from Monday, May 11th, 2020. We'll be back with new episodes next week. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week, and we try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We are excited to continue to talk about the appearances of Jesus after his resurrection. But first, we will have a prayer from Sir Thomas More. Let us pray. Give me, good Lord, a humble, lowly, quiet, peaceable, patient, charitable, kind, tender, and pity-filled mind, with all my works and all my words and all my thoughts, to have a taste of your holy, blessed spirit. Take from me, good Lord, this lukewarm fashion, or rather key-cold manner of meditation, and this dullness in praying unto thee, and give me warmth delight and quickness in thinking upon thee. The things, good Lord, that I pray for, give me your grace to labor for. Amen. Amen. Our scripture is from the 21st chapter of John. This is immediately following the scripture we read last week, and it starts with Jesus and his disciples on the beach. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to Simon Peter a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And so Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, You will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Tara, I'm going to ask you to dig deep here. Tell us about a time that you were embarrassed in elementary school. First, I'd like to thank you that you didn't ask high school. <laughs> I mean, that would have been... I mean, that's too, that's too real. The trauma there exactly, is, still, right? is still reverberating. Um, I think the thing that comes to mind when I was in third grade, I had a teacher uh, who had this policy that anything that was on your lunch tray, you had to take a bite of it. And in third grade, you didn't get to pick what was on your tray. So one time we had English peas, and I cannot abide an English pea. And so... I had to sit in the lunchroom for like two hours alone until I tried it. And so during recess, she comes back and she says, and by this point, I'm humiliated, I've cried, I mean, 
And she says, you have to take a bite. And so I took a bite, and I threw it up right on her shoe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How's that for embarrassing? That is an incredible conclusion to that story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. What about you? You know, it's not nearly as dramatic as that, uh, but I can... I just remember it wasn't cold too often in Tucson, but I remember being on the playground and seeing my friend Nick from across the playground and it's blustering wind, it's freezing, and he has his arms and his shirt and he has his t he only has a t shirt on and his t shirt pulled up <laughs> past his nose and so I yell from across the playground teasingly, Nick, you a little cold? And he pulls it down, and it's not Nick. And we've all had those things where we, where we've called out to someone, but for some reason that moment is just burned in my mind of just the embarrassment yeah. and just feeling bad that I just harassed some. That's kid. hilarious. Nice. And, and you know, reading through this, I was struck. Our pass, reading through our passage, I was struck by Peter feeling hurt by Jesus's repeated asking. What do you, what do you, this is, this is the only time I know that, that someone is, feels hurt by what Jesus has said, um, or that it explicitly says that. What, what do you make of that? I kind of love this because for me, it's like um, human beings have this incredible ability to like forget the stuff they want to. And so Peter's like, you know, I love you. And, you know, he also denied Jesus three times. So, um, after professing his love in the same way. And so I think he's hurt because he feels like Jesus should know. Hmm. Um, and I feel like this passage is Jesus pointing out, you can say and feel any number of ways, but unless we can see it borne out in the community, is it really love? Hmm. And hmm. I, I think that's normal. I yeah, mean, totally. um, I think his response is really very, very human. But, um, but yeah, there's... There is this linkage in this passage between actions and profession. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think that sometimes the words of Jesus should shake us. Uh, and sometimes that may lead to conviction, which may even make us feel hurt. Yeah. Um, I think that I think for me, just hearing the word hurt, it's like, I don't want to be hurt by Jesus, mm -hmm. is, was my initial visceral reaction to that but in the end hurt is can, can also be conviction and i think that for me that was like helpful to make the bridge we have this idea in our culture right that jesus is soft and fuzzy and yeah. loves us Hippie and accepts jesus. us totally um but actually jesus is always grounded in the truth hmm. and the truth is is that we were sinful and we missed the mark more than we hit it a lot of times the truth hurts the <laughs> truth hurts doesn't and the truth embodied by jesus hurts um a lot of times and i also this passage shows attention that we in the protestant faith in particular believe that it's a profession of faith that brings us into relationship with Christ. And that is certainly true. Mm -hmm. But I think Jesus is saying, I should be able to see your profession of faith in everything you do. Mm. And one of those is easier than the other. <laughs> <laughs> saying the words, professing faith. Um, there was a time when that wasn't easy for me, but it's still not as hard as trying to live it out. Yeah. And so um, I, think, I think we often forget 
that it should be embodied in us. As, as ministers, we're pretty good at saying it. We're, we, we, are, yes. we are professionals. Or at least I like to think I am. <laughs> <laughs> but as you say, making that next step um, to live it out, to embrace what needs to be fixed in the community, what needs to be uplifted, what needs to, what, it, what truth is being hidden in our actions, that's hard. It is hard. It's really hard. I was thinking this morning that um, we're asked to live out the kingdom of God, and I am certainly trying in my own broken way. Um, but, you know, I don't believe I'll see the full fruition of the kingdom of God until either Christ is here again or I die. I mean, there is an element of we will try and try and try and still fail, and that in no way means we aren't supposed to be doing it. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I was just thinking about that this morning. And I, I mean, it's, this sounds simple, right? Feed them, feed them. Um, but boy, there's a whole lot packed in there. There's, that reminds me of everything comes back to Tolkien for me. <laughs> but the, the book that's called the Silmarillion, which is before the Lord of the Rings. It's this great epic tale of, um, of the elves trying to conquer the, great evil one and they don't Mm -hmm. it is it is it is failure after failure uh but they continue on in this quest and in the end it has to be the good gods the good heavenly court that comes and saves them yeah um but it is and and then the the great line that i thought of which is actually in terms of how humans and and these stories die is it's the great defeat yeah, and I love that phrase of, of we are in the great defeat in our in our failures, but in the end there is victory in Christ. Yeah. And I I think one thing being a parent, um, I live with the certain knowledge that I cannot give my kids everything, and I'm going to make a million mistakes. I also live with the knowledge that at some point they will become adults, and it'll be their work to fill that in themselves. So I know at the outset that in some ways it's a losing proposition parenting is, but I love them so very much. Mm. I do it anyway. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. If you love me that very much, then this is how you're going to live it out, even if it's a losing proposition. I love that. So friends, we're going to close with a quote by Marcus Borg from his book, Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time. Most centrally, the story makes the claim that the risen Christ journeys with us, whether we know that or not, realize that or not, even as it also affirms that there are moments of recognition in which we do realize that. The followers of Jesus, both then and now, continued to experience Jesus as a living reality after his death. Thank you all for joining us today. If you've enjoyed a quote from today from Marcus Borg and want to learn more about it, you can go to rocketcitylift.com where we have cited it and put all our other quotes, poems, and other references on the site. We will be back on Wednesday. Now, may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen. Thank you.